Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Today y Mañana. I'm Alex. This is Michael. We're very excited to have you joining us this morning on a hot morning. Hot morning. It's been, it's been hot like every day. It has. It's, it undoubtedly has, but that's... Uh, that's Virginia for you. Mm-hmm. It it is a it is a hot it is a no hot complaints humid. no complaints it's just a simple it's just a statement of fact exactly statement it of just fact. happens to be very warm in mm-hmm. uh, in Virginia this time of year but there's but a lot of a, things you can do in warm weather right exactly you can get an iced cafe con leche you can get iced cafe con leche you could go out at night and go see the opera you you certainly can you can go see Tosto, which is what uh, I was able to do uh, this know. past weekend really fantastic so it was. It was a great, and it, it's funny because obviously we've been uh, having some interviews with uh, Charlottesville Opera over the over the past couple of weeks, just mm-hmm. learning about it. And finally, I, and really not finally, but early on, I was like, "This sounds amazing!" So I need to actually go, and it was just incredible. Like you sit there for those who haven't experienced opera before, it's 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 surprising how quickly it actually passes by. You're not you might sit there and think, "Oh my goodness, I need to listen to people sing a story for three hours." But really, it's just it's engaging. It's exciting. There's words on the side that tell you just they're singing in Italian. Uh, okay. So there's words on the side of the screens that kind of tell you, you know, the, what what's going on. It's translated into English. Mm-hmm. You can understand what's happening in the story. The story, like, it, it's also the acting kind of conveys what's happening. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, easy we, to pick up. Operas have always been famous for basically having these storylines where it's easy to follow without actually understanding. Exactly, very dramatic story. You know, you got your your love, your intrigue, your drama. Yeah, you know, very villainous person this time around. You have a true villain in the story. You know, uh, Judah along with some of the other audience, I booed him at the end, but like they clapped, but also booed the guy who played him because he was so uh, so <laughs> villainous. So. It was just really, I can't say enough about the, how well the performance... How would, you, how would you compare seeing Tosca to seeing Guys and Dolls? It, it's different. Like, Guys and Dolls was much more... They were both fantastic in terms of the dancing, the singing, really. The, there the was way. dancing in, in No Tosca? dancing in Tosca, okay. but, like, Guys and Dolls had the dancing component and great mm-hmm. singing. Tosca, obviously, you then get to an, a, a new level of singing because, I mean, there's, there's no mics and they're just booming. Yeah. And it's a different style of song. Obviously, and but the trade-off is that one is more playful, mm-hmm. the other is much more dramatic. I mean, there's a knife which may or may not be used to kill somebody. Well, you know, this way you could spoil that's it. That's true. Right? Yeah, there's a knife. You know, there's murder. There's uh, someone jumping <laughs> off a roof. Mm-hmm. So it's you know there's uh, a fake execution that turns out to be real, so it's tragic. So mm. there's a lot that just. Of you know emotions that you go through in the course of Tosta because you're like oh no this is terrible oh yes they're going to be saved oh no this is a tragedy so it's as a lot goes into it Dyson Dolls is a little more you know uh, you're not really worrying that it's going to turn out badly let's put it that yeah, way yeah it's more watching, popcorn entertainment exactly you're not you're not sitting there saying oh no this could end terribly in Dyson Dolls <laughs> so you're it's a different kind of experience but really just the quality of the singers and the performers was fantastic in both. The lighting was excellent. The costumes, I mean, they really looked like... I mean, we had Alec Trader on last week mm-hmm. and talking about how he really wanted to make you feel like you were in the time period in which it's set because you have... So Puccini writes this early 1900s that's taking place in the 1800s. Okay. And they really looked like out of the 1800s, the costumes, the designs. I always love that kind of stuff. Yeah. It reminds me of like Renaissance fairs when everyone's it, kind of dressed up. Exactly. And, so it was really fantastic in that sense. And... Uh, they just did a great job. So the, the the singing, the songs were amazing. You really feel for them, 
And uh, the actor didn't say enough about how well how well it was done. So three so, thumbs up for Alex. Three thumbs up. Three thumbs up. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Well, I went with I went with one, two, three, four other people. So five people times two thumbs. Ten thumbs up. Ten thumbs up. Because everybody enjoyed it, even those who were seeing opera for the first time. Because I've seen it on film, but mm-hmm. not on stage. Um, and even people, even the friends we went with who had never seen opera in any form, like they maybe have listened to a song on Spotify, mm-hmm. were amazed yeah. by it. So, so well done. So opera really opera always has a special place in all our hearts. It does. You know, I remember sure. our Norna used to love uh, operas, yes. and it was funny because she especially loved Italian operas because she spoke mm-hmm. Italian. And it was funny because every once in a while we'd be watching one with her, and they would put subtitles on the bottom in English, mm-hmm. right? But as Norna was listening to it, she would start trying to explain what was going on to us. Yes. Remember, she'd be like, oh, Norna, this is what's happening. We're like, oh, it's okay, Norna, we know. We, we we're, reading read that. we're reading the subtitles. It's okay. But she always felt the need to explain it to explain us because she was it. all happy that it was Which is remember, she couldn't read the subtitles. No, she couldn't read the subtitles, but she was hearing it in Italian. She's like, oh, they can't, they don't know what's going on. Exactly. But like, no, it's okay. We're reading the subtitles. We figured it out. Uh, yeah. Some fun times. Good times. But, uh, so it was, it was really well done. So definitely wouldn't. Encourage people to check out to begin to follow Charles for Opera, mm-hmm. but there's going to be some. I'm sure there will be some other things going on, especially, and then you can learn about that. I, I, it's only a matter of time, probably, till we find out what their next season is. So yeah, so be sure to keep a keep an eye out. Passing question: Do they release like um, videos of it or like recordings or like? Good question. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't think there. I'm not sure there's a recording of the whole thing that mm-hmm. comes out, but there's probably snippets you can see to get an idea of what it's like. Yeah. And some master classes and so forth. Interesting. Just yeah. an experience of what it's like. So really, would encourage people to follow Charlottesville Opera in that vein. Yeah, it's it's yeah. sad. It feels like the season comes and goes so fast. I know. It you does. know, it's like it felt like you know, just yesterday we were all excited, like oh, guys and dolls is coming, and then it just like guys and dolls and Tusker just flew by, and now it's like absolutely. You know, so it's um, it was great. Mm-hmm. Well, can't say enough about it, but. Uh, Got an exciting show lined up yeah. for the day as well. Of course, always a big thank you to um, Merchant Financial Services for presenting us. And um, be it's used like the, the smoke over the past two days has been messing with my allergies. I'm like, <coughs> Wait, I thought you just were getting so worked up emotionally about Tosca. I was so emotional Tosca. about Tosca that my eyes started You were, you were living in, you were beginning to cry. <laughs> No, I like the smoke was really eyes. bad. What was it? Two days ago? Yeah, two, Monday, three days Tuesday, ago. But it's been having my eyes like water up and stuff. Yeah. So if I do that, it's not... I mean, it's because I'm so emotional about the yes. Michael's back on the show with me, but... You know, it's that, an emotional that's, moment. That's the exact... We'll have exactly. to bring the tissue box next time and leave it out there. The tissue box. Judah, Judah will play that violin music over um, Judah will bring out his own violin. His own violin. I'm sitting there, beautiful dreamer. But um, it's going to be a great show. Thank you to Emergent Financial Services. Of course, love being powered by some great partners. Castle Hill Cider, Matias Young Realty, Credit Serious, Serious Insurance, our good friends, of course, Charlottesville Opera, and Forward Adelante, the premier Latino networking group here in Charlottesville, Virginia. Great show lined up. It's gonna, I, I, I'm ready to yeah. jump right in. We're going to have our guests later on in the show. We will talk some finance. But we are excited to welcome this morning we are our first guest of the day, which is Anai Hernandez from Anai Beauty. Anai, thanks so much yes, for joining us for this morning. On. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, no, it's, no. it's great, to, great to have you on. So for those who haven't met you before, who don't know about you, already, I mean, Johnny Ornelas, Amino de Programa, he's liking and sharing this morning. He's the owner of El Mariachi. So he's, he's already, he's already uh, liking the show this morning. But Hello. for those who haven't met you before... 
tell us a little bit about yourself and how you decided to start uh, Anaya Beauty. Well, I'm, I'm from Mexico City. I'm 35 years old. I've been here in Charlottesville, and I've been doing hair for 15 years. 15 years. I work for Hair Cutity for 11, and I've been out for myself with the pandemic that kind of pushed me to do all this and kind of try something different. It's been three years already. Wow. wow. So, just so, so some great experience. And Johnny says, uh, he says, Suerte a Nayar Hernandez in the show. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. Suerte. Buena suerte. Gracias. Mm-hmm. So what about the pandemic kind of inspired you or pushed you to kind of start your own business? Uh, we actually, I mean, it was pretty hard. We nobody were, were expecting mm-hmm. that it was going to take so long and it was mm-hmm. going to be that difficult. So I had a mm-hmm. very good group of friends, very good co-workers, and I had, we just had to take the decision and jump in it so it was like very hard because it, who wanted to open the business around that time mm-hmm. exactly. and um, we actually found a very good place I got together with a group of friends that they were like let's do it so that's how we end up in a little place on Commonwealth Drive in Charlottesville mm-hmm. and um, we all do kind of boot rental we all have kind of our management on our hours our clientele so we had to take our clients were scared actually I mean it was hard to bring them out to the dark from the dark because we've been in our house and all that so but it worked out really good I have very good response from my clients and I'm pretty happy to be there (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely so what would you say is about like unique about the way you work or the way you you tend to approach what you do like um, what I did, it was like I pull all my savings in at first, <laughs> first, and then I kind of start getting my licenses and mm-hmm. getting out there. I mean, it was it was hard because it was something very unexpected, yeah. very unexpected, unexpected from everybody, kind of. So, but it's been working well, and I'm pretty happy. It's been growing. I have two kids that have been keeping me busy all this summer. Oh, yeah. So some things come first. Mm-hmm. And um, but my kids are they're very understandable and very mature and they support mommy too. That's true. <laughs> it's important. It's important. So many people when we talk to like entrepreneurs, it's so important to have the family that's there to, to support you and, and understand and, exactly and be there for you. Exactly. That's how it is. To do it. So, what are the types of products and services that that you have? Uh, I've been focusing a lot of um, what my clients been. My, most of my clients, they're color. A lot of them, they're color services. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of bridal makeup and hair. Ah. Like I go to different areas and mm-hmm. travel and do weddings. So those are my biggest two strongest Perfect. areas. Um, I incorporate waxing and all that, including with other services. Like if my client is getting hair done and they want to get an eyebrow wax or something else, mm-hmm. of course it happens. So my strongest is coloring and um, bridal. And bridal. Okay. Have you been doing a lot of weddings this year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the pandemic, all that went down because nobody was getting yeah. weddings or anything, doing weddings or anything like that but it kind of picks up in Charlottesville Virginia is a very local famous area to mm-hmm. have beautiful great weddings so yes it's been busy um, normally I tell my clients like book way ahead because Saturday is most of the popular day they're of the first mm-hmm. ones that goes mm-hmm. but yeah it's, it's been very a lot better now 
Yeah. And, w- and when you do weddings, do you do like the entire like bridal party, like the bride and then her yeah. bridesmaids? Yeah, uh-huh. I do the family. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The bridesmaids and uh, sometimes the little flower girls <laughs> that they get Aww. their little hair done. Aww. And the bride and hair and makeup for anybody, anybody who requested. Yeah. <laughs> So what's the process like to work with you? So like, let's say like a bride or someone calls and says, look, I don't, I don't know what look I want. We do something that is called a trial. So mm-hmm. she brings ideas. She takes, she brings pictures, uh, different kind of make- makeups, and we just set up a day and we try and we just spend a couple hours working on her hair and her mm-hmm. makeup just to try to make sure she gets mm-hmm. what she wants the day of the event. And we just go from there. We just put all different ideas. Okay, so trying to like, yeah. you go through it the first time, like, and, yeah. then, and then the day out, you kind of already know. Yeah, we already what know to what's do. going to happen. And um, because it depends on the weather, too. Some mm-hmm. people request makeup for summer, some people request a more subtle makeup for winter. So it varies. And mm-hmm. a lot of people I have done also, they are not from this area. So they travel. They come from other states to do weddings oh. here. So um, it, we just have to work it up together. The day that they get here, we just take more time or mm-hmm. we just make it work. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Do, they, do you ever have a story where they're not prepared? Because I would imagine you have to take into account, like, the humidity and, oh, yeah. and whether it's especially in the summer yes. it's gonna be hot. Do they ever get where they come here and they're like, "Oh yes, you have to. We have to do something a little different because I didn't realize." Yeah, sometimes uh, what it had happened. I also do quinceañeras. It's a very mm-hmm. traditional um, uh, event that we do for girls and our mm-hmm. Latino community. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes what I do most of the time is like. I go to the event, like halfway to the event, and I retouch them up. Like I bring Barbie pants, hairspray, and I fix it back on because sometimes the sweat, the humidity, and all that kind of, you know, yes. you dance and you have fun. So sometimes I bring stuff with me and we just touch it up in between our event. Oh, yeah, so that has to be very helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I bring my tools, I bring my stuff, we just find a corner space where we can touch it up and the party keeps going. <laughs> exactly, there you go. And, and everybody still looks good. Yeah, exactly. Forward. Because, you know, they, they, most of the time they're, they're taking pictures mm-hmm. and family and all that. And, of course, you don't want to look bad on your special day. So no. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Betisilla, Betisilla uh, loves the show. She loves <laughs> watching you on this morning. Gracias, gracias por uh, escuchar, gracias por mirar el programa esta mañana. And so, what's it like at churches? We, we talk to this a lot of people sometimes. So, you have the thing you do, which is, you know, the, you, know you, you touch people up, you work with the brides, you work with the quinceanera. What's it like to have, like, the business in the background side to actually own your own business instead of working for somebody else? Oh, it's grateful. It's very, very, very good. I love it. It's sick. I mean, it just make me feel way better about mm-hmm. it. I feel like it perform my uh, my services a lot better with yeah. not having some somebody behind you pushing mm. you, controlling you your hours yeah. and doing telling you what to do. I mean, mm-hmm. you do what you're inspired to do, and mm. you. I mean, I do my job and I do it with love because I love what I do. So I just go yeah. for it. So mm-hmm. it's it's the beneficial of working for yourself and managing your own business. Mm. 
And have you always had this passion for doing like makeup and hair, or did that kind of grow over time? <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. My mom is a hairstylist too, mm-hmm. so I grew up mm-hmm. watching her doing this old '60s hairdos. And oh wow! So, but since I was little, I was into hair, and um, she doesn't do it anymore. But yes, I grew up watching her and around hair pretty much mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> so, so in a way you're kind of like it's in the family business yes. but now you you take it to a yeah my mom is very proud of me she kind of uh-huh. likes the fact that I kind of like what she mm-hmm. did and I just follow it exactly yes and, and made your own business out of it yes do you do mm-hmm. any 60s hairdos for people or not? I do everything whatever my whatever, client whatever asks me, yeah we make it happen yes <laughs> I have some people that they do like some kind of 60s events like parties and they require sometimes a little help and teasing Uh. and a lot of hairspray and yes of course Mm -hmm. I is that when you call your mom up, you're like, come in. We come on, give me some ideas, yeah. right? <laughs> Help me. You're great about it. Like, you're great with us. Yeah, uh, she, she doesn't do it anymore, but she, I mean, no, she, she still do my daughter's hair. She braided and do things uh, like that, so, yeah. That's fantastic. See, it's amazing. It's funny. It's always so fun to hear people that you have, like, the history yes. in the family of, like, yes, this is what we did, and mm-hmm. now you learn from it and take it to new levels and do new things. Exactly. Yes. Yes, that's how it's been, and we just hope to keep doing it. Absolutely. <laughs> does the little one, is she already... Does oh, it? she's been cutting her own hair also, uh, and she's already... She's, she loves what I do, mm-hmm. and she's already, Mommy, do I, do I be able to do all this when I grow up? I'm like, if you want, yes. That's yeah, awesome. Yes. But when is she coming in to do her little apprenticeship? Oh, when she, she chopped her, her veins, her uh, probably four years old. Wow. And probably a couple months ago, I just noticed a chunk of hair that was missing on her, behind her <laughs> ears. So that's the, that told me that it's not going to stop right yeah. now. <laughs> the next level is coming. Yes. Muchísimas gracias. Blanca Suye Diaz likes the show. Walter Aguilera, gracias por mirar. Betty Silla dice, she is the best. Thank you, Betty. You have many fans that, that are watching you this morning. Thank um, you, everybody. I, for the Latinos that watch, can I ask the question in uh, Spanish? In yeah, Spanish? sure. ¿Tiene usted uh, cualquier consejos para latinos o latinas que quieren ser empresarios o empezar su, su propio negocio, pero quizás no, no sabe cómo hacerlo o tiene miedo de hacerlo? ¿Qué, qué consejos tiene? No tener miedo oh. <laughs> y no quedarse con las ganas de hacer lo que quieren hacer. Mm. Yes. Buenos consejos, mm-hmm. buenos sí. consejos, yeah, which No is... quedarse con las ganas, más mm-hmm. que nada. Que lo intenten. Mm-hmm. Yep, never, never, don't be afraid and never, never lose the, the desire. The, the desire to, to do, do it. it, yes, do it, risk mm-hmm. it. What can you lose? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Oh, so, Anay, this has been so fantastic. Oh, more fans watching uh, Diana Monreal. Muchísimas gracias. You just have so many fans out there. I, I guess why well, we know why now. Because mm-hmm. uh, of the great work that you it's do. It's funny because when we go out with my daughter and mm-hmm. I 
see people out there are always, hi, how are you? And she's like, mom, why everybody know you? <laughs> I'm like, you're famous. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just, they just know. I've been here in Charlottesville for so many years. For and years. Yeah. yes, I went to school here. So I have a lot of people that know to me in the town. Absolutely. That's Great a, people. That's okay. That's you true. can play up the celebrity status to your daughter. <laughs> I know, but that's right? fine. That's fine. It's like, oh, yeah, exactly. maybe I'm a yeah. little celebrity. It's okay. Absolutely. That's what you want. It's very, uh, the more people that know you, right, they, the word of mouth. Would you say, how, how do you market, out of curiosity? How do you that reach new people? Is it mostly people tell each other? Yes. To, like, or I have do a, they go on Instagram? Yes. I have an Instagram that I keep it um, going mm-hmm. all the time with my work. Sometimes it gets hard to be a owner, a hairstylist, mm-hmm. a receptionist, mm-hmm. everything yourself. Yep. So sometimes I take pictures and I post it and sometimes I forget to take the after. So it's like, <laughs> oh, damn, she <laughs> left. But yes, I, it's great. I manage it like that. And I told my clients, I give uh, business cards. I go to places and if people ask. And I have such a great clientele where they actually give my cards and they pass them around and give information so I get I keep getting new clients all the time that's the good way to kind of keep bringing new people into your chair absolutely well I mean there's no better kind of person to do that than a current client who says yes she did such a great job I want you to go there too yes 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 Mm -hmm, exactly that's how it works as the best. Oh, Diana Monreal, Drashas, uh, she puts uh, two hearts. Oh. Dos corazones <laughs> from Diana. Muchísimas gracias. Ah, I love, I love the, the audience feedback this morning. Fantastic. So, and I, before we let you go, last question always that I like to ask for people who are interested, they watch it and say, okay, I want to reach out, I want to get in touch or find you. Where can people find you and uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, they can go into my Facebook page and uh, Anaí Hernandez and they can also go into my social media that it's uh, I use more for uh, my business. It's uh, Instagram. Instagram. I'm located in Charlottesville on 2500 Commonwealth Drive. And they can contact me to 434-566-4688. Perfect. So, so, we, so many ways. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many, many ways. ways to get in touch. <laughs> and Diana Monreal says, love her. She's the best. Santiago Gonzalez also was a fan watching the show this morning. So you got lots of us. There you have it. They say, Diana says she is the best. So there you go. There you go. I've been doing her mom's hair for a while. Uh, fantastic. Such a fantastic. sweet lady. Oh, nice. Thank yes. so much. Thank for you. Thank you so much for the invitation, yeah. you guys. Ha sido un gran placer. Muchas gracias. Gracias por venir. Okay, so now as we uh, rotate here, always, oh, it's just, it, it just inspires me all the time because like, obviously, you know, with, with our dad being Cuban, right? It's just to see Latino and Latino entrepreneurs just thrive. I mean, yeah. here she is. She's been here for so long, works it, decides, you know what, I'm going to go out on my own. Family support takes the risk. I know. That's, that's, the, that's the interesting, too. Takes the risk. And again, it's funny because the pandemic, listen, you can't look at it any way except for a negative way, but, but it really did seem like it pushed a lot of people to really pursue to, to their persevere, passion. Yeah, do something exactly. New. It's sort of like, you know, you sat there at home and kind of rethinking your life and saying, you know what, maybe I want to pursue this. Maybe I this. can do this. And yeah. And then they get these people have these entrepreneurs have these chance to pursue what they yeah. love and and it's really great to see. And they do, uh, yeah, and they do an amazing job. And yeah. Then, and now look how she's grown in the three years she's been doing this. It's incredible. So it's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So, 
We really appreciate uh, Anadi coming on and really just mm-hmm. inspiring. So for all those who are out there, whether you're a Latino entrepreneur or any entrepreneur, any, any entrepreneur. person that wants to yeah. do this, you can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. You can do it. And uh, speaking of like new things, we can, new things. Uh, we can do uh, new areas in uh, post-pandemic world. AI. 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 So it's, we've been had, we kind of wanted to bring this topic up. We've had a lot of people asking. Like you get people that will ask, mm-hmm. oh, man, should I invest in AI? What is it? What do I do? I've been seeing it on the news and people say you should buy this company or you should do that. And I don't even well, know where to go. AI is also very complicated because there's mm-hmm. different forms of how we kind of view AI because everyone's probably at this point heard of chat GPT. Yep. Like people consider that in some form AI, but it's, is, it, is it not? I mean, it's difficult to really say. It's, it's some sort of model that does it think i don't know it's just yeah. it's they it it's thinking is, is always the hard part mm-hmm. right because i think the problem is we have in our minds you have futuristic fantasy ai so you know if you grew up with the matrix the terminator yeah. so basically you have these machines that like they basically think like people don't do forget the first the back. original one um 2001 space odyssey, space odyssey. how how was how, how 9000 how 9000 yeah, yeah. So Stanley Kubrick's Space Odyssey was the first to really... And it's the classic, right? Yes. Stinky machine goes bad, turns yeah. on, its, on its... On people, basically. Mm-hmm. On human beings, right? And so you have that, but then you have these things which are called AI, but don't really resemble... No. They're not that. really thinking machines. They're more of repli- replicating machines. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell ChatGPT to write out a story in a style of some sort of like director and it will give you some original story and that's how the director but is it really thinking it's not or really it creating something together, original so many sources exactly i mean these whatever supercomputers whatever they're creating it's just absorbing information and then pulling it out in a different yeah. way but it's not necessarily creating yeah does it that is the question is does it give the simulation of thought like it appears it can do things which appear to have be the thoughts of a human being mm-hmm. or does it actually have thoughts of its own right which is I think the but the the interesting part is of course there's a lot of applications for it regardless mm-hmm. that people want to get into even if it won't get even if it doesn't turn into you know a machine that really thinks and goes mm-hmm. into your house and interacts with you as a robot and so forth right so there's a lot of different ways to to do that, but I think one of the things that people often don't realize is that there is a good chance you may already have in your portfolio exposure to AI without knowing it. What would be exposure to AI in someone's portfolio? So, as an example, if you already are invested in a robotics fund, right? If you're invested in the S&P 500, you Google is pursuing AI, mm. Meta is pursuing AI. Right. If you have those two companies in your S&P 500 fund, you are, in a, in, in a certain way, you are exposed to companies which mm-hmm. are pursuing AI. If you go by sector and you begin to go more heavily and say, well, I'm putting money into information technology sector, I'm going into a robotic sector, a huge quantity of robotics companies Basically, AI is the other half of what they do. In other words, mm-hmm. what now they may not call it AI. They yeah. may call it algorithms, ways for robots to function. They may call it underlying software for their robotics companies. I mean, their robotics companies where the robots make the robots, 
like the new stream of robots is made by robots. So and the human being exists only as a supervisor, right? Mm-hmm. That company may be using things which resemble AI, right? Particularly the AI that ChatGPT is, but which is not being marketed as, as artificial intelligence. Exactly. It's just something that they're using to do work in a different field. Yeah. So it's often interesting because you can often be exposed to that without realizing that you already are. So yeah. you're sitting here thinking, I need to find a company that says artificial intelligence in their name or on the first line of their Bloomberg profile mm-hmm. or their LinkedIn profile. And really, that's not the case sometimes. Yeah, because I think the scientific definition of sometimes of what they use as artificial intelligence isn't what the populace kind of thinks mm-hmm. of as artificial intelligence. Like self-driving cars, technically speaking, you could define maybe in a realm, yeah. if, in an investing profile as artificial intelligence. But it's you're not creating cars that actually think. They're just basically all automatic. Mm-hmm. But they need such advanced, I guess, systems that it's kind of defined broadly as artificial intelligence exactly exactly well and i came across like a company that does um it's a private company but they Mm -hmm. do marketing but part of their marketing is they'll take algorithms which are similar to like the chat gpt but rather than just chat gpt of course what it does is it goes and scours the entire internet right and all available sources so in other words when you're saying can you write me a story or a speech Mm -hmm. it's combining tons like you know write me I just went to like a a pathology graduation you can write graduation speeches for pathologists Mm -hmm. by just telling ChatGPT write a graduation speech for a pathologist right of course ChatGPT goes to the internet finds what what is pathology what do they do what would you have had to do to graduate what are some jokes about it Mm -hmm. and puts it in a speech but you can take that idea of what they do, and there are companies that take it but say, don't read everything. And they make it so that it only, the algorithm only looks at like one book or sets of books, and then generates information, answers to questions based on that. So you, let's say you wanted to look up like the Encyclopedia Britannica, right? Instead of saying, you, but you can do is like, you interact with this AI, but you basically just ask it, what is the answer to this question? Mm-hmm. But the only place it'll look is the Encyclopedia Britannica. Like, it won't look at Wikipedia, all internet articles, something mm-hmm. that Michael wrote on the Emergent blog two years ago. It's yeah. literally just looking at what they just you as the end user say, I only want the answer from this source. Mm-hmm. And it'll only give you the answer from that source without you having to read the book itself. Yeah, you know, it's almost like if you fed AI the seven Harry Potter books and said, "If I asked you, like, what did Ron do? You know, what did Ron eat most of the time?" Instead of going to the internet, it'll only look at the Harry Potter books and give you the answer to what Ron ate mm-hmm. or what Harry's favorite food was. Yeah. But by reading the books, so that you don't have to read the book, so it's mm-hmm. very targeted. But it's using the same AI software as chat GBT, but mm-hmm. no one would ever call that AI. Like you no. wouldn't say a thing that's which answers not, yeah, Harry that's, Potter questions is AI. That's not how we would define intelligence. Exactly. Per se. But it's the same exact underlying algorithm. It's just you've limited its information to one book. Mm-hmm. So you can put that in a company, you can be like, I'm a marketing company and I use AI so that on your website people can ask questions about solar panels or finances mm-hmm. or 
I think one of them was like the catechism of the Catholic Church. That it'll only, mm-hmm. instead of you reading this 1,000-page catechism, yeah. you're like, what does the Catholic Church say about X? And it, the AI gives you an answer to this question only based on that one book. So you can do these it's things. It's like a more precise Google in some ways. Exactly. So you can do these things and, and you can even say, you know, I'm someone who knows a lot about this. And it'll give you a technical answer. You could be like, I'm a child, I want a basic answer. And it gives mm-hmm. you the simplified version of the answer. So basically, it's, you can use it as a company on your website that the marketing people will help you do this. So that you can have like a, a chat feature on your website. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's essentially AI. But it doesn't, when you don't invest in that marketing company, it's, mm-hmm. you're not going to think you're investing in AI. But you're investing in the equivalent of a chat GPT. Mm-hmm. It's just being used for a different purpose. Uh, are there any industries you could see in the future that could be threatened by, not threatened, but basically dramatically changed by AI? Like, mm. like parts of our economy that are going to be yeah. forever changed if robots or advanced computer systems begin to think. Like we had a client the other day come and say, you ever feel like our job as financial Planners or financial advisors could be threatened by could the mergers, right. just AI models. That's like, you're like, this is what I want in my portfolio. And it's like, okay, this is, this is your answer. <laughs> this is your answer. Yeah, it's tricky. I think, obviously, our answer was that it really isn't forward looking enough yet, mm-hmm. right? It lacks the quality. Like, they're already robots investors that can look back at the past 20 years and say, okay, this is what you should invest in based on the past 20 years. The human being looks and says, okay, but I can, I can pinpoint certain things that, from my experience, will not replicate. Mm-hmm. In other words, I can see as a human being where past information is no longer relevant to future results. Can AI do that yet? It's hard to say, right? Mm-hmm. It, it may not be there yet. Certain interesting ones, I mean, we've, we've, uh, we were talking to some artists recently who mm-hmm. they were saying that um, they're not... They they see they're worried about AI, but not completely. In the sense of um, AI can create images that look to have been painted by artists, right? But as an artist, they can see areas where it's not the same. In other words, they they they're good enough to see pictures and say this photo was made by AI because I can see where there's a smudge here or the lighting is not mm-hmm. right and so forth. So it's so imperfect. It, 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 there's, a, there's a slight imperfection or maybe too much perfection, you might argue, mm. right? where they can say that e- they as an artist can imagine certain people not wanting that image in their home. But their, their concern is that the average person might not be able That's to... That's what I was about you're to bring scrolling up. on the internet... If you're an expert, you can tell that this picture is by AI. If you're an average person scrolling, can you tell? Can you tell? And what's and think about how cheap it could be for someone to just that. sell AI-generated paintings. Exactly. And then here's the artist putting an effort, and someone's like, I'm just going to pay for the $2 AI-generated painting because I can't tell the difference between that exactly. and someone else's I'm, painting. I've seen some marketing photos, right, where basically guy took a photo, you could take a photo of yourself, and AI will make like 10 images each of which is slightly different mm-hmm. based on that photo. So for your firm marketing, you can have you in, the, in a suit looking this way. You can have you outside. Yeah, like, they but can do anything. But instead of paying a photographer $2,000 for a photo shoot, 
AI does based on one photo does the whole and thing. You, for and you. you could do tons of things. We could say, oh, we want a picture of Alex looking like Napoleon or something like that. You and get a picture of Alex, face. and then suddenly we'll have a nice poster of Alex uh, looking, looking like, like Napoleon, Napoleon, right? And but even yeah. even when you go into art, right? I'm even thinking about writing, right? It's like, oh, I'm gonna write a short story, and then it's gonna be like, oh, right, give me a story about a guy and a girl in the Christopher Nolan style time setting, but also give me like a Steven Spielberg type of feel, and you know, and a Hemingway sort of story, like dialogue, and suddenly, boom, I have a story, and I go, I said, this is my story. Yep. Well, there are literary magazines that have had to shut down. Because they've gotten an influx of submissions and they know that huge quantities of them are being written by AI, right? But they can't, it's hard you can't to tell it. the difference, right? Well, it's also how you prove that. Yeah, exactly. When I think they can tell the difference at the final level. In other words, good story versus mediocre story that was probably written by AI, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's fiction tends to be a little mediocre. But the problem is when you're in the initial screening, how do you screen out mediocre writer versus plagiarized AI. Mm-hmm. And how do you, pr- like you said, how do you prove it? How do you prove that this was written by but, AI? But also what I'm trying to get at is at some point when do people not really care? Like, let's be honest, there's, there's a lot of teenage fiction or young adult fiction that's not very well written. Yeah. Like, you, at this point, does that get phased out now where it's like people are just creating their own stories? I mean, Amazon has its own self-publishing thing. You're just creating your yeah. own stories and releasing your own books and the market is getting flooded with a thousand, instead of just used to be hundreds of different young adults, because it had to be at least halfway decent, yep. now it's like everyone could just Tons chat GPT their own story. Exactly. Oh, I have an idea. Let me just put it into chat GPT and make exactly. a book about Nicholas it. Nicholas Erpy, watching the show, got a comment. He says, yeah, he says, um, on this vein, Hollywood executives, because there's the writer's strike going on, mm-hmm. Hollywood executives are looking into screenplays written by AI and removing writers altogether. So in other words, the writers want to strike. They're like, fine, I can, I can put 10 shows together while you strike written by a machine, and it'll probably, it might be yeah. just as good. Well, yeah, that's also a testament, though, to how bad the writing has gotten in certain Hollywood in certain, yeah. circles. Yeah. I mean, I mean and it is true. I mean, that, that's also what contributes, I think, to suddenly this rise of AI. I mean, you can't, AI can't create the next Van Gogh. No matter, like, you, yeah. if you instead of before Van Gogh existed, yeah, you can you can recreate cheap stuff, but you yeah. can't recreate that in the same way. Like, you can't create AI if War and Peace was never written. AI can't recreate create the first War War and Peace. Yeah, no, it, it, it can only recreate what's already been created. But the problem is, I feel like in today's society, where we lack creativity. People just feel like, well, this ChatGPT doesn't movie doesn't look any different than yeah. the movie I just watched the other day, exactly. because it all feels the same. I've heard, I've even seen some actors on interviews saying they're a little worried about it. At what point can extras and side characters, or at least less important people, be done away? At what point does like AI combined with CGI get realistic looking enough that they're like, oh, I don't. This part doesn't even need a person. Yeah. This one just needs a machine. It's, and it's kind of scary. Like, it can change industries you wouldn't think of. I think is the point we're trying to make. In other words, I think people immediately gravitate to tech. They're like, oh, yeah, AI will erase the coders and the developers and the guys who write software and marketing people. But we don't often think of actors screenwriters we think the creative stuff is Mm -hmm. where you can't do AI but in reality where AI may not be able to do is in 
kind of mundane stuff. In other words, will it replace plumbers, electricians? It can't. It's, it's, it might actually be harder to replace those jobs than to replace creative white collar. Yeah, jobs. well, you know, it's funny because in the late was late 90s, early 2000s, we saw like the computer boom. And, and for the past 20 years, it seems like there's been a rise of jobs related to computers mm-hmm. and everything. But re- in reality, those jobs might become almost obsolete in 20 yeah. years if AI begins to rise as it does because then anything that you could do on your computer, eh, there's a good chance AI might be able to do it better. Exactly. It's only really physical things like a construction worker, like AI, we, have, we haven't been remotely close to finding robots who could actually do that kind of work. Yeah. Or a plumber, like you said, or an electrician. Exactly. What I'm thinking, like, like if you see some of the robots they create now, all the like, animato- anatomically correct robots that they do, they're usually their purpose is to talk to you, to speak, to pretend to be a news they, anchor. They create some that can lift, but they're very, like, they can lift a box. They can't yeah. lift anything that's, they just kind of collapse, and then they move, well, exactly. and, and like, then they put it down. And if you notice, they never make a robot, like, there's no robot that can do, I'm thinking, like, the micro, like, hardest jobs in America, where he was, like, in the, uh, the guy who has to clean out the inside of a cement truck. Wow. You're, the robots they're making... You could give them super intelligence. You're not, they're not going to crawl into a cement truck yeah. and clean out the inside of a cement truck, right? So it's funny that, ironically, the, the newest jobs may actually be the ones closest to obsolescence as opposed to older jobs, mm-hmm. blue-collar jobs, trades and things. Yeah. That, you know, it's why we talk, we've talked about the time we've talked about sometimes when we've had talked with people from the scholarship program and so forth that, like, yeah, four-year college is not knocking. It's a great thing, but there's there's something to be said too. If your if your child is interested in a technical school, it's not the worst thing because no, it's not. those jobs, in fact, may be the least ones to become obsolete. Yeah, but look at Nahi. You can't you can't get someone a robot to cut your hair. Would you ever sit yeah. there with a robot? I'm not. And even if that. you did, would you want it? Like, no. Is part of the reason that you go to a beauty salon. Like part of the reason you go as a woman, as a guy, right, wanted to go in there, might actually be to interact with your hairdresser. Well, there's a social not interaction. To, exactly. Not to sit there for a robot to coldly cut your hair. But, I mean, but even then, what I'm trying to say is even just the physical point of having robotic arms come, you got like scissors and other stuff near, like, oh, yeah, I don't want a, some robotic arms. What happens yeah. if the machine malfunctions and you got scissor in your cheek? Yeah, exactly. Well, and even if you got to the point that it was like, better than people like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it proved on a test that it was 99 percent effective and the average hair cutter makes a mistake 10 percent of the time so it's like it's better i think most people would still be like nah i'll still take the person yeah you know it's i think that's kind of it's just yeah there's certain jobs that need a person you yeah. just like like you said you need to kind of see the person working you need to talk to and them you want and then you probably want yeah. a person well, and, and it's funny, too, because just talking about that, like five years ago, everywhere you read it's like, oh, you should be learning coding, you should be learning coding. Now, the other day I read it, it's like coding's almost becoming obsolete because yeah. with these advanced computers, it's like, we don't need a coder. How many, like, middle schools, high schools, like, pushed all, like, prep schools are like, yeah, we're going to teach our kids coding so they're ready for, to go uh, computer sciences in college, and now you're like, oh, yeah, in, in five years. Can in, AI like, code better than people? Yeah, especially you know? especially when like we're talking about when you're lacking the creativity, 
or the passion about what you're doing, whether it's writing or art, and everything's looking mundane and the same, AI can easily replace that. Yeah. It's, it's true. I think true originality is what's difficult mm -hmm. to replace. Yeah. True creativity. And, and also, I think just those, those good old-fashioned jobs that people do. And the interaction, like, even what we do, right, in, in, in finances, right, part of what people want is to know that they have a person, that their financial advisor is kind of looking out for their well-being mm -hmm. and actually cares about them. You could get AI that's perfect, and it will never actually care. No. You might code it to give the appearance of caring, but it will never actually yeah. care. And, you, and be honest, you don't want it to care, because if it could care, then it then could also Then you are hate. in Terminator, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. exactly. Anything that can love can probably also hate. So. Exactly. You, you probably don't want emotional yes. robots. Yes. You know? So you're going to, as sooner, at some point, you're going to be like, yeah, a robot could do all my investments for me, but I probably still want a person mm -hmm. that actually cares about my life. And, and that will, I don't think that will change. Yeah. You know, got some more people watching today. Uh, thank you. Some, some of our favorite uh, viewers are, are logging in today. Olga, Olga <laughs> Morris watching the show this morning. Rosalia, Rosalia Tardaro. Olga says, Olga got some comments for us. Um, uh, they've been, obviously, a lot of robots and AI have been replacing communication, touch, love, eating. And it's true. I mean, these simulacra are like, which is, I think, more of an indictment about people being unable to find these things in humanity that mm -hmm. if you're turning to the robots to provide them. Yeah. But she's a little inspired. She says, this is inspiring. So it would not be possible to wipe out humans 100%, right? And I think, well, hopefully... No. Hopefully, no. As long as we don't make them our plumbers and our hairdressers, we exactly. should be fine. Exactly. But I, I think to that point, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think seeing what I'm seeing in what people want, client-based, I don't think will get to the point where robots will do all the things that people do. No. I think there are certain there are still areas of the world where but but there are certain industries that could change within the next 10 years, yeah. which is what we're talking about when investing. I yeah. mean, self-driving cars, if that gets cracked, it could change everything. I mean, think about Uber drivers. You you're paying someone to kind of drive you around, but if some company could be like, I don't have to pay the driver, I could just get the car. Let's do that. Yeah. The car can go get its own gas and then go pick up people. There's, there's never a rest. Mm -hmm. An Uber and driver think, needs to sleep. I think a lot of it depends on us. Like for, for robots that are replacing you know, communication, touch, love, eating, what Old is talking about, mm -hmm. right? If we as human beings do a bad job of loving people, caring for them, if we do a, like a mediocre job, then yeah. yeah, AI will be able, a robot will be able to replicate it. If everybody in your life fails to like be nice to you and so forth, you might find more kindness yeah. from a machine which is pretending. But if we as human beings do a good job of doing that, like actually act like human beings, mm -hmm. then it's not, it's not replicable, is yeah. what I'm thinking. Can we do that in the long term? Yeah. We'll find out. Find we'll out. find out. Rosalia de Rosalia Todaro watching the show this morning. Lucrecia Morales watching the show this morning. Lucrecia says, saludos amigos. Mm -hmm. Saludos, Lucrecia. They're one of the fantastic owners of Sombreros right here in the downtown yep. mall. More entrepreneurs that we love. Oh, that you're staring us now. Which is, yeah, but the issue is that do they convert humans into robotic beings? In other words, we we become more cold and robotic. Oh God, why? <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about like those chip implants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, that, let's that, hope I don't not. Let's hope not. Don't uh, exactly. Yeah, I always tell people don't. I know some people we've talked with you know, on Jerry's show too about you know 
VR, virtual reality, things like that. Like, and I always tell people, don't put it on. Yeah. Don't, don't put on the glasses with the thing, because I don't want to end up like the guy from The Matrix where he's eating the steak and he's like, was Joe Palantoli? Yeah. Like, I know it's not real, but I don't care. I said, no. No. Don't, don't well, the worst, no, but that's not even the worst. The worst is not even knowing. Not that even knowing. Like, you imagine living your entire life, and then suddenly it's like, oh, wait, I forgot to take off my glasses. Whoops. Oops, my whole reality has been fake. Yeah, it's the whole no. time. Oh, it says, you got me going. It said, yes, we did. Yeah. We did. Our apologies. Well, unfortunately, that's always the danger. If, as, yeah. as life gets worse, do more people feel oh. like, you know, my life is so terrible, I'd rather have a good fake. virtual fake life yeah. than a, a, scary a one. tough real one. So. It's a scary one. But I guess, uh, yeah, in closing, our recommendation would be see what you're, before you go buy AI stocks or stuff, see what you're already invested mm-hmm. in. And take yeah. a good look and say, A, is this already really investing in what they call AI? And B, what's the impact going to be on things I'm already invested in? Mm-hmm. Before you start looking for like new stocks and so forth. Is it good? That would be our tip good of the advice. day. Good advice. Our tip of the day. So, Mike, this has been fantastic. Yeah. really enjoyed having this conversation yeah, with you. Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, no, and thank you. Thank you, all our audience. Olga, thanks for Scaring de- us. getting us going, keeping it going there. Um, continuing, just a couple of great uh, continued uh, compliments for Nahi. Olga Gonzalez says she's the best. Carla Carolina Diaz Lopez says she is my friend, wonderful woman. She's amazing, so definitely. It looks like we interviewed a, a fantastic... A uh, celebrity, right? Yeah, I know. Absolutely, absolutely. We've got some more great people coming on next week. Scott Cunningham from Living Earth School is going to be joining us, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Jess Sifitsari is going to be back. She was. Uh, she came, we had her on last year from Painted Orange. I think I remember, yeah. But Nash is going to be coming back talking about local link and some oh, stuff that's okay. going on, and so it's going to be... It's going to be a great... Uh, we'll be glad to have her back and learn more about what's going on. Uh, always love being on here with you. Same, Alex. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, I, I don't know if it's you and me next week or uh, we'll find out. We'll find uh, out. It's a mystery. We'll leave it a mystery this week. You have to tune in exactly, next week to find exactly. out. Exactly. You have to tune in next week to find out who's going to be on with Alex or if Alex will even be here. Ooh. Oh, maybe I'll have been replaced by AI. Alex is taking a Bahama trip. Oh, AI. Yeah, yeah there'll be a little robot. Ch- yeah. Me. Yeah, ChatGPT version of Alex. Exactly. We'll be on that tweet. But it's been fantastic. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thanks for your great questions and comments. As always, love being presented by Emergent Financial Services. Uh, love our partners at uh, Credit Serious Insurance. Matias Young Realty, Castle Hill Cider, Forward Adelante. Big thank you to Judah Wittower behind the camera. Always making it work. He's real. He's not fake. He is real. Judah Wittower. I know you may not have seen him on our show, but if you tune into I Love Seville at 1230, mm-hmm. you will see proof that Judah Wittower is a real person. And he actually is behind the camera. And uh, I love Sevo Network set. Love being on it. And uh, thank you all for joining us. We look forward to seeing you all next week. But until that time, as we'd like to close it out on the show, hasta mañana. <laughs>